So once again, I'm just trying to use this as an example today. Say, hey, you are capable, you are able, your body is super resilient. You can go out there resistance train and you can do it safely. So I want you to feel confident in that. All right, welcome back everybody to episode 12 of the Building Lifelong Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Renke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. And today we're gonna to talk about resistance training. Is it safe? You know, if you know you know me, I know that I, I heavily recommend lifting. I think it's crucially important to living a healthy life, but maybe you've heard it's dangerous. Maybe you worry about it. You're not quite sure. And so today I'm gonna to talk to hopefully alleviate some of your fears about why I think it's it's pretty darn safe. I do wanna preface this saying, if you hate resistance training, if you're like, nah, Jordan, I'm not gonna do that ever. That's okay. I hear you. That's fine. I want you to be active in whatever way you wanna be. So if that's just doing endurance training, that's totally fine. That's, that's okay with me. Um, but I, I think, you know, hopefully you still stick around and listen to this because I think you might pick up some things and realize that um, it's pretty darn safe and that thing can be beneficial. But that being said, I do think it's important because there are lots of significant benefits to resistance training. So things that you can't necessarily get doing just endurance training. So uh, I think it's worth listening to and kind of considering it as well. So I'm going to kind of cover an overview on some different literature about injury data when it comes to lifting sports. And so I kind of looked at it from an overview and just kind of seeing what does the general literature say? Like, what is the trend in the literature there? And what, what's the kind of showing. So first of all, I'll kind of start with defining what is an injury, right? So an injury, and the biggest thing to consider is like, what does that mean? You know, everyone's going to have different definitions. There's going to be, if you look in the literature, there's tons and tons of definitions of what a quote unquote injury is. And so there's lots of opinions and definitions are kind of made up. Sometimes they're arbitrary. You know, there's no one definitive diagnosis and say, Hey, this is an injury, you know, or definition of it saying, this is what an injury means. And so it makes it really challenging to write, to define, compare sports, compare different studies. And so just keep that in mind that when someone in one study says this is an injury versus another study says something different, it, it could be completely different. So one general term that I saw that I thought was pretty helpful was, you know, a musculoskeletal pain, feeling, or injury as a result of a workout that led to at least one of the following situations where you had total removal of exercise or other physical activity for more than one week, modification of normal training duration, intensity, or mode for greater than two weeks, or physical complaints severe enough to require a visit to a healthcare professional. So those are kind of the three things we're talking about. It's pretty much is it taking you out of exercise or you're having to modify it or you're going to have to actually see someone for the injury. That's one definition that I, I thought really was appropriate because, you know, an injury is not soreness in, in my book. I know some of these studies, they did talk about injury, meaning like, you know, it's very subjective. But for me, that's not sore, you know, soreness. We're going to be sore. That's like if you're working out, you're going to be sore. That's kind of how it goes. You know, the DOMS, the delayed onset muscle soreness. That's not what we're talking about either. That's just, you know, part of the gig, you know, and when you feel general achiness, that's not an injury as well. And, you know, in fact, if like feeling achy was an injury, I'd pretty much be injured 24 seven. I know so many other people who would also be injured all the time if that's the case. So that is not what we're talking about. We're going to generally assume that injury means you miss some sort of time, had to alter your workout schedule or your activity or had to go get evaluated for it by someone. That's kind of where we'll sit there. And, and, and that's our definition going forward. Additionally, when we're talking about injuries, a lot of times we're trying to figure out what's the cause of injury. And I'll just be forward with you and say, it's very, very difficult to figure this out. You know, obviously every once in a while, something horrific happens. Like we're watching someone in football, they have a non-contact injury. They go down their ACL like tears. We understand, okay, that was the mechanism that injured that. That's what happened, you know, but we can always dig more granular, like what led to that injury? You know, why did that person happen versus someone else? And so it's super difficult to determine a true cause of an injury. There can be lots of different things. I mean, we're talking about overuse injuries, super common. You you know, lack of sleep one day might lead to being 
more prone for injury one day. You could have a freak accident. There's so many different things. And so it's hard to tell definitively what causes that. But the majority of times it is a chronic or overuse injury. You see it over and over again. Once again, it's rarely going to be black and white. And so we're going to have a lot of gray area. And so when people talk about injuries, it's going to be hard to say, hey, what actually caused this? And so just understand that we're not going to prevent all injuries. That's never going to happen, not in a million years, um, or at least not anytime soon, that's for sure. And so when we're understanding injuries, we're looking at, hey, understanding they are a part of being physically active. That's, that is what it is. So, and also I want to mention one more thing when we're talking about, you know, the literature that we're going to talk about today, a lot of times how they define injuries or how often they're happening. They talk about like either injuries per 1000 hour of training or the overall incidence, meaning how many people got injured during a specific time frame. So once again, those two ones they talk about are either, usually an injury per 1000 hours of training or the overall incidence or how often people got injured during a specific time frame. Most common that I saw in literature was injuries per 1000 hour of training. So just a little thought experiment here. If you, let's say lift for five hours per week, right? A thousand hours is 200 weeks of normal training or 200 weeks of that five hours per week. So we're talking about a pretty decent time frame. Obviously, if you're lifting two to three hours a day or, you know, doing two a days, it's not going to last nearly as long, but just a general idea that a thousand hours is a typically a pretty decent time. So, all right. So moving on to the idea is lifting safe, you know, is lifting in general, a safe thing to do. I think most people would argue that lifting for general health is super healthy. I mean, I think if you just intuitively step into a gym, you'll see people lifting all the time and, you know, people aren't just dropping dead left and right. They're not having, you know, devastating injuries. You know, you're not hearing people just crying out in pain all the time. So it's generally accepted and pretty intuitive that lifting is, is pretty darn safe. And it's a very common thing people do. You know, there's numerous studies out there that show it's safe in our pediatric population and our geriatric population. And so if we didn't have any data on anyone of, you know, middle age, and we just extrapolated from pediatric and geriatrics, we'd still feel pretty darn confident this is, this is safe. You know, for our most fragile, you know, populations are able to exercise and in, in resistance training and that they have safe outcomes, then I think we can probably assume that those people who are middle-aged will also have that as well. But essentially it's very safe. There's always gonna be risks, but general physical activity and resistance training, I think the benefits of this far outweigh the risks. Like I said, once again, life is full of risks. There's always going to be inherent risks. And so you're always going to have a risk with anything you do in resistance training is that, but kind of to play devil's advocate here, I wanted to see, you know, what does it compare to other leisure time activities? So other physical activities that aren't resistance training, just to kind of start seeing where we're going. There's one article that I looked at in 19 from 1999, Powell and, and colleagues, they did phone interviews of a bunch of different people for their self you know, reported participation in things like walking, bicycling, gardening, and weightlifting were collected. And so weightlifting here is not the same as the weightlifting we'll talk about in the future. Weightlifting here is just like general resistance training, whereas weightlifting is a specific sport, like Olympic weightlifting. So this was not the case where it's like comparing walking, bicycling, gardening, and Olympic weightlifting. You know, it's just like general resistance training. So in this study, they didn't have a strict definition of what an injury was, but they kind of looked at the 30-day prevalence of injury. And for bicycle riding, it was about 0.9%. And for weightlifting, it was about 2.4%. But that being said, their margins for error crossed over, meaning that the 0.9% could have been, been anywhere up to like, let's say like 1.6, whereas 2.4% for weightlifting could have been all the way down to like 1.3. So it really kind of crossed over. So there's no like definitive separation there, but it did show like you were less likely to get injured just doing general bicycle riding than weightlifting. They talked about too the incidence rates. So the incidence rates for um, participation were 1.1 
for 100 participants for walking. So out of every 100 participants, 1.1 1 .1 of them are gonna get injured. For gardening, same thing, 1.1, we're gonna get injured from gardening out of 100 people. And for weightlifting, it's about 3.3%. Once again, margins for errors cross, so we can't definitively say it's more risky. But I just wanna like let you know you're gonna like you're gonna be risk risky you know have a risk for anything that you do so essentially gardening and walking you're still at a risk for getting injured and weightlifting yeah it does look like a little more but once again we kind of consider the pros and cons there but i just want to let you know like even if you just sat there in your chair forever and didn't move there's going to be risk to that right there's going to be cardiovascular risk there's gonna be all these different risks and so there's always a trade-off for what you're doing um, but i want to encourage you that it does seem like even if you're just living your life and think you're doing quote-unquote safe activities there's always good risk there too so we, I think that's a you know pretty easy example of just like, okay, pretty low, low level, still physical activity is good for you, regardless if it's, I'm not knocking gardening, I'm not knocking cycling or walking. I think those are all great things. I want you to be active, but let's compare it to maybe a little more, something a little more active here. So another study I looked at here was comparing it to running. So, you know, I think most people can say running, running is safe. You know, that's, I see thousands of people doing it all the time. I go downtown or I go outside and I see someone running, right? It's just, you get a pair of shoes and go. It's gotta be simple, easy. So is it, mm, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Looking at a systematic review from 2007 from Van Genten colleagues, it's kind of looking at lower extremity injuries in runners. So obviously we're not looking at upper extremity injuries because that's not as involved in running, but looking at lower um, extremity injuries, the injury incidence was about 19 to 74% in runners. So there's a huge, huge range, right? Systematic review means we're looking at multiple papers. And so we're gonna have different ranges for different papers, but in those papers, anywhere from 19 to 74% of the participants got injured. That's a lot of people. I mean, if you're talking about like just the average runner going out there and running, I mean, anywhere from almost a quarter to three quarters of people reported some sort of injury. That's pretty like legit. And that's you know, a pretty high rate of injury. And not to say it's risky or bad, or like a career ending injury, but you know, there is a risk for that. Another paper talked about, um, they followed 60 plus runners in like running clubs. So if you're in a running club, you're a pretty serious runner. You know, you're not just your casual, get out there, go. Um, what they found was that in long distance runners or marathon runners, there's about 2.5 injuries per 1000 hours. And in like our short term sprint or middle distance, it was 5.6 to 5.8. And as you'll see, you know, when we compare them, there's going to be, you know, a little bit even higher risk there than when compared to resistance training. So there did also seem to be a significant relationship between injury rate and during the one month and the distance covered during the preceding month. So what that means is if you ramped up your running in one month, the next month you had a, it seemed like a higher risk of having an injury there. And that's a pretty well-known concept that we, we kind of understand and we want to control our workload. So you don't want you to go from zero to a hundred because a lot of times we'll have some sort of overuse injury. So we kind of slowly ramp things up and usually we get to a point where we just keep ramping, keep ramping, keep ramping. And then there comes a point where you just can't keep doing that. And then things break down either with performance or injuries and like that. So, so we're looking at a decent amount of injuries in running, which is most people's default exercise, right? So they just lace up the shoes, head them out there and go. So when we're looking at it, there, it's a decent amount of injuries. So I want to look at some more examples though. So that's looking at specifically running. So let's get into some more resistance training type things. First, we're going to talk about bodybuilding. I want to ease into this because I think bodybuilding is the most neutral of the lifting sports compared to like the average person, how they work out. Bodybuilding is super common, you know, form of lifting. I'm not saying everyone's competing in bodybuilding, but lots of people follow bodybuilding type templates or programs in the gym. And, you know, they're not quite as extreme, maybe necessarily, but it kind of gives us a good idea of how they typically train. Once they looked at here in 2014, it was a questionnaire from elite bodybuilders in Germany. And so obviously each population, you have to understand who they're looking at. So I'm going to assume the Germans aren't freaks of nature's and can extrapolate these to other bodybuilders as well. During this training, about 45% of people reported symptoms while training. And once again, like we saw the runners, 
if you're active, you're going to have pain. You're going to have aches. You're going to have potential injuries. And this was just symptoms. You know, 45% was just symptoms. So not necessarily an injury like we saw in running. So they're just saying, hey, my shoulder was feeling a little achy or whatnot. But at the end of the day, this kind of reminds me like life is pain. We're essentially going to always have some aches and pains. And that's okay. That's, that's, we're human and that's how we're going to experience things. And especially if you're in a sport, especially if you're competing, it just kind of comes with it. What was really interesting though was the injury rate was about 0.12 injuries per bodybuilder per year or that came out to 0.24 injuries per 1,000 hours. So you look back on our previous running example, this is significantly lower than that. And so even our bodybuilders who are, you know, elite bodybuilders here going at really, really hard, were having a super low injury incidence. So that's pretty awesome. They found that athletes over 40 also had a higher rate of injury, which is kind of as expected. As we age, we tend to see a little increase in injuries. Once again, didn't mean that we were having way off the charts that it's super unsafe to do that. And most commonly injured areas were like the shoulder, elbow, lumbar spine, and elbow. And so the takeaway from this is that big time bodybuilders are still not getting hurt that often at all. And I kind of use this because this is an extreme example of, you know, of what most people are doing. You know, most people in the gym are doing some bodybuilding principles or kind of lifting, maybe doing a split upper body, lower body, getting in some exercise and resistance training and not nearly as intense or dedicated as these people. And we're seeing that these people who are doing intense stuff it's still relatively safe. And so I just want to like, once again, encourage you that it's very, very safe to lift weights. And, I, and I'm encouraging us to, to go out there and not be afraid to do that. Next, we're going to move on to some other weightlifting sports, specifically when we're talking about Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. And so this isn't once I said, kind of getting more extreme examples, I would say, you know, bodybuilding is kind of that like hybrid between like the average person starting to dabble and they get into bodybuilding and, and then sometimes it you know progresses into other sports as well, but weightlifting and, and powerlifting are two separate ones. And for this weightlifting, that actually means Olympic weightlifting. So if you look at the snatch and the clean and jerk, those Olympic lifting lifts, this is what we're talking about here. And so with these, the absolute goal is to lift something as heavy as humanly possible, right? So before in bodybuilding, it's not necessarily the case. You can do lots of reps with, you know, weight that's more manageable and still get, you know, hypertrophy. But here it's like, there's, there's one goal and that's to lift as much as you possibly can. And so this is once again, another really good example of people pushing performance to the edge. This is going to be super intense I mean, lifting some big weights. And so we're seeing if we're getting injured doing this, you know, is this indicative of what most people are doing? But that being said, let's take a look at the data here. One 2016 systematic review talked about injuries in weightlifters and powerlifters. They found that weightlifters had an incidence of about 2.4 to 3.3 injuries per 1,000 training hours. So once again, that's very similar to running. Nothing higher than that's for weightlifting. And then powerlifting was about anywhere from 1 to 44.4 injuries per hour. So this, this data set here ranged a huge amounts there. And we'll see in other ones, it doesn't seem to be as high as 44. But once again, anywhere from as low as 1 per 1. 1,000 hours kind of there. Um, it's very similar to our running as well. Another study looked at something called gravitational wellness, which essentially this contraption these people <laughs> were strapped to. They um, essentially had bands and chains all over them and lifted like huge amounts of weights. Like I was looking at people doing like we were pretty much like average people like deadlifting 500 pounds with like the assistance of these bands and stuff. And they kind of looked at it. They had a history of back pain and they saw that when the people did that, improved their back pain, actually improved their strength and their subjective well-being. And like I said, it's very weird and nobody really does this style, but I thought it was kind of cool because it's, you know, loading people up with a lot of weight. And what they felt from them is they had confidence, you know, they didn't feel like they were going to injured with that. They felt comfortable with it. And I see it as a gain that, you know, you're gaining confidence in your body that you can, you can do hard things and your body doesn't break. And I think that's super important. 
Another study in 2011 looked at serving competitive and elite powerlifters. So, you know, not just your average person, but 43.3% of powerlifters complained of pain during routine week, routine workouts. And like we mentioned before, that's just kind of pain. That's not necessarily an injury. And like I said, if you're going for a high performance thing like powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting, you're probably gonna have some aches and pains, but that's no different than um, any other athletic endeavor really. And the injury incidence was 0.3 injuries per year per lifter, which is about one injury for every 1000 hours of training. So once again, we're looking at elite powerlifters, right? So elite powerlifters going hard, they're doing really heavy stuff and their injury instance was about one injury every 1000 hours of training. I mean, that's very comparable, if not less than running. And so, you know, when people say that running has to be safe and lifting isn't, you know, it's kind of nice to point into this example where these people are doing intense stuff and they're not getting hurt. That being said, they are not jumping right into this. This isn't taking someone off of the couch and just telling them, hey, deadlift as much as you can. That is not a good idea. I don't recommend that. But, you know, they kind of gradually got there over time. But, you know, if we're able to lift really heavy stuff and not get injured, that's awesome. Our body's super resilient, can handle that. So. Another you know, study that we're looking at in 2018 was a survey of 104 sub-elite powerlifters in Sweden, and 70% injured, or about 80% had an injury in the last 12 months. And so that, that's a little higher than we've seen before. But once again, it's, I think it's pretty common that you're gonna see someone have some sort of injury or setback. What the, most of the things they dealt with were shoulder, back, hip, and that, that seems to be you know, can, kind of generally in line. And the injuries here occurred during training mostly, but only 16% made them completely refrain from training. So once again, the injury is a little higher, meaning, okay, we have some sort of injury here. That we have to maybe adapt our training load or how much we want to do or what we're doing, but only 16% made them stop, you know, training completely. And so these weren't like devastating injuries, it's more like nagging injuries. And so that's kind of our example of weightlifting and powerlifting where these people are doing super intense things. And the injury incident seems very similar to other sports, whether that's running or whatnot. And so I wouldn't say necessarily from this data that weightlifting, powerlifting, or Olympic weightlifting um, are any you know, more dangerous than running. And so I think actually we can see that people are resilient, they can handle heavy loads, and they can, they can tolerate it pretty darn well. Okay, next we're gonna move on to functional fitness. So essentially CrossFit, but functional fitness is kind of an easier term to search for. Looking at a bunch of different studies here, long story short, once again, injury incidence, very similar to weightlifting in general. It doesn't seem to be any more dangerous. One 2017 study looked at Florida-based CrossFitters in a survey, and about 50 of the 191 participants had an injury in the last six months. Most commonly injured areas were the shoulder, knee, and back. With incidence was, once again, 2.3 per every 1,000 hours, and that's right in line with what we're talking about with our weightlifters and our, and our powerlifters. So, um, some increased risk factors were if you were competing, and I think that's pretty darn common because if you're competing, you're probably participating more, having higher weekly training volumes, all that stuff. And so that kind of makes sense. Another paper as well, um, Rodriguez at All Systematic Review averaged about 0.2 to 18.9 injuries per 1,000 hours of training. Once again, any systematic review, you're going to get a bunch of papers, so you're going to have a wide range there. Um, mean prevalence of injuries is about 35%. So that's, like I said, that's pretty what we've seen before, pretty close to that in terms of experiencing injuries. Um, and most common areas, again, were on shoulder, spine, and knee. So similar, you know, they in their systematic review, they did find is that these findings were similar to weightlifting and powerlifting like we've kind of seen previously. Um, another 2018 narrative review looking at injuries in CrossFit, or they're kind of looking at, you know, one study inside that had 90% of people had an injury over a six-month period. Another study showed that injury rates were similar between groups of soldiers who participated in functional versus non-functional fitness training. Essentially, what they did is gave half people to do functional training, have to do non-functional, had about the same injury instance rates. So, and they kind of also compared it to things like Olympic weightlifting, distance running, track and field, rugby or gymnastics, and had similar injury instances. So um, nothing out of the ordinary yet. Another one in 2019 retrospective cohort study of 411 participants comparing, you know, CrossFit and traditional weightlifting routines. 
in this it was crossfitters were like 1.3 to 1.8 times more likely to get injured so it did seem to be there they also used a special kind of mathematical formula to adjust for age and sex and the injury was about risk was 2.26 times more likely in the crossfit group so it did seem to be a little higher incidence here in crossfit versus just like regular weightlifting um, you know, other things we looked at here, there's another narrative review that I was looking at and it was looking at high intensity functional training, looked at seven reviews in there and, you know, indicated that the injury incidents or injury rates were similar to those who competed in comparable sports or exercise programs. And like I said, it's kind of very similar to what we've been seeing, kind of nothing out of the ordinary there. So one more we were talking about here in 2017 retrospective survey of people participating in extreme conditioning programs and extreme you know quote unquote extreme conditioning programs are, are very much crossfitty type stuff and injury instance was about 2.7 per 1000 hours and once again right in line with the stuff that we've been seeing with our previous stuff so there's nothing really crazy going on there um, and so at the end of the day crossfit i'd say some of the studies show it might be a little riskier in terms of injury incidents but it's not through the roof you know everyone crossfit gets a bad rap everyone's like oh keep me in business because crossfitters are gonna injured all the time once again it's usually in terms of how they ramped up where they going from nothing to super high intensity and so based off of this i wouldn't say crossfit is you know out of this world much more riskier than anything else maybe a little bit but once again risk benefits you have to decide if it's worth it for you all right, and the last paper I want to talk about here is an interesting epidemiologic study coming from 2017, looking at some unique sports. It looked at bodybuilding, strongman, and highland games. In bodybuilding, once again, super consistent, 0.12 to 0.7 injuries per lifter per year, or about 0.24 to one injury for 1,000 hours. Like I said, that's right online with what we've been talking about and pretty darn safe. For strongman, so if strongman you're talking about, you look at the world's strongest man, they're doing the crazy stuff like lifting the Atlas stones and some awesome stuff. Their injury incidence was about 4.5 to 6.1 injuries per 1,000 hours, so it's definitely up there. And then we had some Highland Game athletes as well. Highland you know, Games athletes are doing um, the stuff you see at like a Scottish fest and stuff. Obviously, they're doing intense. It's super awesome, the stuff they can do, but it's really niche. Not a lot of people are doing that. And their injury was about 7.5 injuries per 1,000 hours. So it does look like if you're trying to compete in strongman or the Highland Games, based off of epidemiological studies, it might be at a higher risk for injury. Um, like I said, those are pretty niche though. And that's not usually something someone's just sitting there and saying, hey, I should get healthy. I should go do some Highland Games. And so that's not necessarily our use case here, but it's just interesting to see that, um, what those numbers looked like. All right, and finally, I just want to talk a little bit about youth athletes. You know, and this is something I'll probably do a whole podcast on in terms of youth resistance training because I'm super passionate about it. But long story short, there's lots of data showing that kids can live safely. And in fact, it's probably most likely that they're going to get injured if they drop weights on themselves than actually getting hurt while lifting. You know, there's a couple of, of papers that look up there and they look at the ER summaries in terms of why people went to the emergency department for weightlifting injuries. And for the youth, they're most, most likely to drop a weight on themselves is what it was. And so overall, I want to kind of break this down and give a little summary. I want to take a breath and kind of say, hey, what have we actually talked about today? That's a lot of stuff. I know I mentioned different studies and different words for different studies. And I know there's a lot, but it's just kind of my way of synthesizing that so we can kind of break it down here. So overall, lifting weights seems very comparable to other physical activities. You know, it's obviously not risk-free. Nothing is. There's always going to be risk, but it seems to be in line with other forms of activity. In my opinion, though, the risk of not doing anything far exceeds the risk of lifting. You know, for me, this is so important. We get awesome things from lifting that we can't necessarily get in other forms of activity in terms of, you know, the hypertrophy stimulus, it can, you know, really ramp up bone mineral density. And so for me, the risk of not doing this, I think it's probably higher than the risk of doing this. 
And if you are a little unsure on that, you could say, well, you know, maybe want to hedge my bets. That's fine. Then go a little lighter potentially, you know, maybe lean towards more like the bodybuilding type exercising. And we saw in the, the data there, that seemed incredibly safe doing those type of things. So I'm not saying you have to go out there and start doing one rep maxes all the time, but I think you can safely transition in resistance training for almost everybody. So we've kind of talked about bodybuilding, but we, I think we should also mention powerlifting, weightlifting, and CrossFit, you know, similar risk levels that appears like maybe a little bit higher in all of them. And really here's just a balance of risk and reward and personal preferences. I think all of them are relatively safe and most of the injuries seem to be minor, but you have to decide too, are you competing this or are you just doing it for health and fitness? If you're competing in it, then we kind of have different expectations. You know, if you're competing in a sport, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the most healthy thing you can do. High level athletes tend to get injured because they push themselves the limit. Whereas if you're just looking to get healthy, then, you know, understand that when you're going into things. So, but that being said, I think all these can be done safely. And I feel, I feel confident in anyone who wants to start those doing that. If you're super niche though, and want to get a Highland game, strong man, definitely gonna be a little riskier, but once again, I don't think anybody's just doing that for general health purposes, unless maybe someone sitting on the couch and watching, you know, a strong man throw a keg over a huge wall and be like, that looks dope. I'm going to do that. And if you want to, you can, that's cool, but build up to that once again. And really the poison is in the dose. And it's just my reminder that what that means is that there's no single like activity that is inherently necessarily bad or dangerous. But a lot of times how we get ourselves in trouble is we just go too fast, too soon. Once again, doing nothing before and then going into CrossFit five days a week. Something like that might be challenging. And I also want to remind you that no single randomized control trial was talked about in this study. So what that means is that we can't say specifically what causes an injury, right? We can just say that there seems to be an association at times. And so there's no causal event from any of these activities that cause an injury, just kind of epidemiologic studies of what's going on. Although in terms of injuries, the biggest reason did seem to be overuse. So once again, try your best to slowly acclimate your activity and ramp up your activity levels, you know, to kind of get to where eventually you want to be. I think that's our best injury prevention strategy that we have is understanding how much you're doing and just slowly increasing from there. A general rule that I talk about is increasing your activity level about 10% per week. So, you know, if you take how many minutes you're running or how many miles you've done, slowly increasing 10% per week is, you know, generally a recommendation that's pretty well recognized by people that that's relatively safe. And so my recommendations are, if you're just trying to get healthy, simple weightlifting is very safe and you should 100% do it. If you want to do something like a sport, like fitness, weightlifting, powerlifting, there are also potential trade-offs as well. But if it motivates you to get out there and be active, then it's probably a net positive. So once again, I'm just trying to use this as an example today. Say, hey, you are capable, you are able, your body is super resilient. You can go out there, resistance train, and you can do it safely. So I want you to feel confident in that. So that concludes our podcast today. Thank you so much again for watching. I really appreciate it. I know you could be anywhere, listen to anything and listen to me means the world to me. So if you did like it, please, you know, if you could drop a like, share or subscribe, that would be really helpful. And so last thing I want to say today is get off the internet, go be physically active and enjoy your day. Thanks so much. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.